Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. What are the answers to some of life's most important questions? Actually, you can't avoid answering these questions because you already do. It happens simply by how you have chosen to structure your priorities, spend your money, and use your time. Tune in as we interview pastors and leaders throughout the valley discussing the must-answer questions on The Form Show. Welcome to the Forum Show. Mark Lucas here, Faith Talk 1360, and listening in in the beautiful podcast world. What a joy it is week in and week out to have these conversations with you. Here's my heart's desire, is that God would use these conversations to really be catalytic for us as we navigate faith, as we really navigate some of these storms that we're walking through in our life or we've walked through in life. Here's the reality, all of us listening in right now. Myself included, we have hurts, we have wounds, we've walked through really challenging times, and we'll, even in the future, walk through more challenging storms. And in these storms of life that we face, these are some of the hardest moments for me and for us. But the questions that we're going to wrestle with today is this, what do we do in these moments, in these storms, when we're filled with doubt, filled with fear and deep sadness? What do we do? Who do we turn to? How do we give God these doubts? How do we give God these question marks and these uncertainties? And what do we do to give God this dark place that we're walking through and these unexpressed emotions that we have? The reality is is that today this is about leaning into God, leaning into this conversation and allowing my guests to really speak into our hearts, speak into our minds right now through the Holy Spirit, and really minister to us. So I have the joy today, newfound friend, to have Greg Tonkinson on. He's the spiritual director at Valley Christian High School, and he's the author of his newest book, Unwanted Fraternity. Greg, thank you so much for being my guest today. My pleasure, Mark. It's a joy. It's a joy to have you in. From a distance, I've been in a good way stalking you on social media, stalking you and watching what God is doing through the new book, I know you've been speaking quite a bit as well on the book. Just walk the listeners a little bit through your journey and your story so they can get a feel for the storm, a feel for what you've walked through. And then obviously that's why you wrote the book and will minister to them. So, Yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, In the back of the book, the back cover, I write that tragedy instantly demands a new way of thinking, believing, Uh, living in which really no one's ready. And that was certainly true of my life back in 2010. I was happily married, three uh, young children. I was working at Valley Christian Schools, 
My wife was a full-time nurse over at Phoenix Children's. We lived on a cul-de-sac. We had two dogs, a minivan. And Mark, we, we loved Jesus. We, um, we were serving him faithfully. And so I just, I honestly felt like I was in a season of blessing that like life was good and we were pouring into other people. They were pouring into us. And I got that knock on the door that we see in movies, we read in books. Um, many of us think it's mythical or uh, it's not for us, but it was literal for me. And on a Saturday night, uh, right before we were about to spend a week in spring break, um, Gilbert Police showed up and uh, let me know that my wife was killed in a car accident. She was two miles from our house waiting to come home. And uh, she never made it, and she was hit from behind. Um, and that began this journey of which I write about in the book. Uh, in fact, the subtitle of the book is An Authentic Journey Toward True Healing After Loss. And and that's what I've been doing for the past 11 years is experiencing true healing. Um, but it has been nothing short of a journey. Yeah. I can't even imagine that moment, but for you to be raw and to share that with the listeners and myself is just so heavy, and heavy doesn't even fully describe. I can't even imagine again that that, that, that night and yeah. uh, just kind of reliving it. But there's been a journey, and God's had you on this journey, and you mentioned the word authenticity. And really, authenticity being one of the key ingredients to really experience healing. Yep. Walk the listeners through, like, let's just kind of walk this out a little bit because listeners, a few of them possibly, I hope not, but a few of them maybe experience what you've experienced. Very few. Sure. But to a degree, all of us have an unwanted fraternity. I just had my prior guest. They both were stage four cancer survivors and oh are walking goodness. through that journey. Sure. So we all have these hurts. We all have these storms that we've walked through, and we don't want it. Right. We want nothing to do with it, and that's the whole unwanted. premise of the, right. the title, Unwanted. So walk them through a little bit of your journey and walk it out, and then also just bring everybody into the fold mm -hmm. that might be able to identify what their unwanted fraternity is as well, and we'll just yeah. continue. Yeah, appreciate you highlighting that word authentic. If It all starts there. Um, when I speak, when we talk about pain and lamenting, when we talk about doubting, when we talk about anger and questioning— Again, as I mentioned, these tragedies, they, they instantly demand this, the, these um, really life worldview questions to hit us right in the face. And we're going along and enjoying life, and now we're asking questions like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? God, why would you take her? Why, what, what is supposed to come of this? Um, and on and on. And those, by the way— go way into the early morning hours. Um, they hit us when we're driving down the street and a song reminds us of what we had or a smell reminds us that we've lost someone significant. It could be in the middle of a mall in a crowded theater and all of a sudden we feel as alone as anyone can. 
And these these uh, tragic moments aren't single. They are continual. Um, they come in all various shapes and sizes. And and so in my particular case, I, for whatever reason, as I look back, I've racked my brain because I'm not a, a writer. I'm not someone who typically puts his thoughts down on paper. But that very first night, I started journaling. And it was cathartic for me. I know for others, they found that to be true. And I just... It was a uh, a medium that I could use, and and I don't want to refer to it as a prayer journal, but boy, there looking back were some incredibly raw moments that I felt safe that I could talk to God through this medium of journaling, and God wasn't um, disappointed with that. He wasn't telling me not to. Uh, I was faithfully reading His Word, but. These journal entries were my way of just being authentic with God. And because of that, pretty much every day, if not multiple times a day, I was able to compile this journal. And that's what eventually turned into thoughts about making it a little more systematic and, and putting it together in a little bit more of a, of a streamlined um, sense of thought. And that's what the book became. And so... It was when I and now that I'm 11 years into my journey, when I looked back and I encourage people to do this, we, you know, time gets in the way and, and life continues to happen. I think it's good for us to be reminded of how devastating some of this can be, not so that we wallow in it, but what we end up doing is sharing our story with others. And I don't want to get too far away from what it felt like to have such great loss because I'm embracing people that are experiencing that in their first week, their second week, their third week. And going through uh, these journal entries and writing this book was a reminder to me of how deep our pain can go. Sometimes we live in these, these places where, again, we're in seasons of blessing and praise God for that. But then when we meet people who are experiencing these tragic losses or as your previous guests, maybe they're, it's, it's day by day they're experiencing this. I want to be empathetic and I don't ever want to get away from, man, I experienced that as well, even if it's been 11 years. Um, so, so this book, honestly, is a resource. It's, it's, it's my heart to give to others. It's my heart that that if I'm not experiencing this, but I know someone who is, this could be something I could put in their hands. It's for those people that at two or three in the morning when they have no one else to talk to, that through this book they could talk to me, that I could be with them because I experienced that. And there's something about relating to someone. I think you and I were talking the other day about I was speaking and I've done this many times where I will finish speaking and if my story comes up in whatever I'm speaking about, people will line up with tears in their eyes and there's an instant spiritual soul-knitting connection that takes place in a matter of seconds because of our experiences. And so as, as we've already mentioned, this is an authentic journey that hopefully others can relate to. 
And if you can't, I promise you, you'll know someone who can. Yeah. There's so much that I am taking into my soul right now and I'm Mm -hmm. taking with me as you're ministering to me and speaking to me. And I know the listeners right now are, are truly moved by this conversation. One of the things, and you mentioned this, and I love this, that really you're giving this as a resource, but you even went on to say you're giving this as, a, as your heart. Mm. You're giving your heart to others. Yeah. When there's listeners right now, and there are, all of us to a degree, we're walking through something right now that's heavy. Sure. We're walking through something right now that is a storm, is a trial. And that's just the reality of this fallen world that we're in. What can you say to encourage? What can you say to help them take some of those first pivotal steps that you took? Because you've already mentioned some things that I wrote down. And I think for me, and I don't know if this is what you would instruct them to take some of the first steps, but for me, when you talked about authenticity and the importance of we've got to every single day, to a degree, find the right people to get vulnerable with. Absolutely. To share our story with. Because God has never created us to do life alone. He's created us to be in fellowship with him, in communion with him, and relate to him, and connect and abide with him. But in addition to that, he wants us to be in community with people that we love and trust that we can walk life even when we're not okay. Correct. We've talked about this. Especially when we're not okay. Especially when we're not okay, exactly. We can't stay that way. And the part of healing and the part of the journey of not staying that way is sharing the story with others that we love and trust and will pray and join us and empathize as best they can in that journey. So share some wisdom practically with listeners because I want them to go and to purchase unwanted fraternity. They definitely need to go. Amazon, go pick it up. I so I want that. that. I really do. Yeah. But in the meantime, sure. until they go out and buy the book, <laughs> right. encourage them right now. Yeah. Give them some first steps. They're yeah. really key first steps for you. I appreciate that, Mark. You know, uh, Matthew 7 talks about storms and winds and rain hitting everyone, not just someone who uh, loves Jesus and is close to him, but people that are far from him, because we are living in a fallen world, these storms hit everyone. And one of the things I think that we miss as as a church, as a body of believers, is that in our moments, you have people watching how you're going to do this. People that may not know the Lord that want to know you're in pain, I'm in pain, but you're supposed to have the true healer of pain in your life. So I'm going to be watching maybe from afar, maybe I'm a coworker, maybe I'm a neighbor, uh, maybe I'm a classmate or a teammate, how you're going to do this. And I think the church, um, you know, I, if I could just be honest, Mark, I'm, I'm not sure we've we've gotten this right all the time. I think sometimes we try to put on such a front that when I have Jesus, I have a perfect life. When I have Jesus, I have um, my rose-colored glasses on. And and I just, boy, 11 years ago, um, that got taken from me really, really fast. And so what I, what I want to help people understand is that, one, difficulties happen to everyone. 
But then it is okay to be emotional, and that emotion sometimes is anger. That emotion is sometimes doubt. That emotion is sometimes confusion. The difference I want to promote is the Bible is clear that King David, I mean, he he is the epitome of someone who wrestled with God openly, but he did it in a way that never doubted God's sovereignty. And what I love about that is I believe there is a distinction between anger and lamenting. Anger is vomiting my emotions toward God and really not caring who it hits and who I leave in the wake and um, lamenting is saying, God, I am broken. I am devastated. I don't know how to get out of bed. I don't know what to say. I don't know how do I, how do I look at my three children and tell them their mom is, is not going to be around anymore. How, how do I... How do I manage that? And, and so many of us have experienced that. And I think sometimes as believers, we come alongside and, and we say, well, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just, you know, and, and trust that, that God has a plan for this. And, and that while that is true, I promise you in those first few weeks, even few months, I'm not sure I was ready to hear that. What I, what I wanted was was to be okay that I could wail, that I could weep, that I could lament, that I could go to this God of all creation who definitely had my best at heart, but really question, God, why is this happening? And not be afraid, not be threatened that God was somehow going to be angry with me for asking the question. Romans 5 talks about and James, I believe, one talks about there being purpose to our pain, there being a plan to our pain. But sometimes I think we jump the gun and want to provide that to people who are are new to this tragedy, new to this pain. And maybe in concert with those passages, we would also bring about Psalm 13 and other passages where David cries out and says, God, where are you? Why is this happening to me? And we notice in those psalms, by the way, he ends with, God, I'll keep trusting you. I'll keep praising you. But what I love about that is it's not void of emotion. It's not void of hurt and pain. And I think that's where the authenticity comes in. So I just want to just stand up and ring the bell and champion to my fellow believers and to those in my, in my circles of influence. Let's do this together, but let's not shy away from from the pain. And so... It's okay to lament. Pain happens to all of us. One of the things I tell people in the book is um, as we're doing this, please, please, please do not do it alone. Find these people that can relate. Um, hopefully maybe the book will provide some resources, but I'm, I'm trusting that in wherever you're at. And we, you and I talked about you know, maybe there are even subsets of this fraternity that maybe my fraternity focuses on being a young widow, but maybe someone else's fraternity focuses on abandonment or stage four cancer, as we just mentioned. And man, there's enough of us out there. Um, I meet people every day that voluntarily come up to me and tell me I'm a member of the fraternity and what follows is their, their story. 
we can all relate on some levels, but man, it's nice to know there are people. I, I met someone three weeks into my journey that lost his wife to a car accident and there was an instant connection. We never were meant to do this alone. And yet sometimes I feel like even in the church, we feel isolated. We feel like we're alone. So I want to break down those walls and let people know if it's me, if it's you, if if it's someone in your neighborhood, let's connect. Um, there, there's power in our stories. And I, I met two ladies at church two weeks ago. They said, I'm two, uh, 10 years into my journey, and one of the things I do now is I make it a habit when I'm introduced to someone in the fraternity to just start with, tell me your story. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is if that takes two minutes or 10 minutes or an hour, mm-hmm. I'm going to put aside my story to hear yours. Eventually we'll get to mine, but boy, the bonding that takes place, I think, I think that is biblical community. We're not perfect. We're in pain. We're doing it together. But man, the world is wanting to see how do I do this because I'm in need as well. I couldn't agree more. And I wrote down several things. As you can see, my beautiful chicken scratch. And I'm so moved by this conversation because at the core of it, listening in right now, you've got to understand, and this is biblical and I believe it with all my heart, without authenticity, we're not ex- we're not going to experience the healing that God wants in our life. Amen. And I have this moment every single morning as I'm journaling, and yes, guys can journal. It's a really good <laughs> thing for us, Amen. even for the men listening in right now, okay? Amen. In this journaling process, there's some prompts that I have when I just classify it in my self-love. I look at a list. There's 10 things that are on my self-love list. One of them, share your story. Mm. One of them, get vulnerable. So I pray about opportunities to say, okay, what does it look like for me to walk out, which are both authenticity? How do I walk out authenticity today? Because at the end of the day, this is one of the core values that will allow us all listening in to experience this abundant, beautiful life that Jesus wants for us. I don't think you can experience the abundant life without having authenticity, without sharing your story in community with people that you love, without getting vulnerable. And I know at times guys will say to me, okay, so guys are terrible at being authentic and being vulnerable. What does that look like, Mark Lucas? And the reality is I just tell all of them the same thing. You model it first. And they say, okay, well, what does that mean? I said, okay, as you're talking with a guy and you're both watching your kid play soccer, and he asked the notorious question, so tell me, how how was your week? How are you? Yeah. And typically, we all just kind of say the same padded, I'm fine, work's busy, life's crazy, and then we keep watching Jimmy play soccer, okay? But I tell them, I say this, okay, what would it look like for you to be so bold to just share them with them a little sliver of something that happened in your week that's the 2%? Mm. And I think as we lean more into that 2% yeah. is the area of our life that is authentic and vulnerable and messy, That's what makes us all different fraternities, but that's what brings us into these unwanted fraternities. That's a part of the story of the 2%. Yes. And we begin to navigate those conversations, and we see Jesus meet us in the fray, meet us in that mess. And that's where I believe the most transformation and the most healing happens when we do that with God first and foremost, and then we do that in community with others. 
It is so beautiful. Without authenticity, I don't think we experience the John 10 abundant life that Jesus wants for us. So I'm saying I can't do a backflip, but I'm doing a backflip and saying amen, Greg, because this is the truth. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, In the book, uh, one of the chapters is titled um, Beautiful Community or Wonderful Communities, and I experience that all the time. Now, I'll be honest with you, um, not everyone has that by way of uh, natural. In my particular case, I did have that. I have 30 or 40 family members in town, and the night of the accident, um, within 15 or 20 minutes, my house was filled with 30 or 40 people. And can I just tell you, Mark, I had not prior to that experienced beautiful community in the way that I think is biblical and authentic and real. We had in one room, people were weeping. In another room, people were sitting silent. In another room, can I just say people were even... um, uh, laughing in their grief by way of reflecting on Leanne's life, my wife's life, and and the the wonderful memories she brought to our lives. And I remember distinctly looking around, probably at midnight, one in the morning, and I just I wept in thankfulness to God that though I don't want to be here, mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do without this beautiful community. And I just want to encourage people, if you're in pain right now, if you're experiencing loss or tragedy, please find community. You have to do this with others. It's especially helpful when you find others who can relate. But please, that that first step of just being bold and, as you said, manly or womanly enough to say in that 2%, I'm not doing fine and I need some help right now. Yeah. That's, That's so the beginning well of your authentic journey Absolutely. toward true healing. Yeah. Greg, what a joy it is to have mm-hmm. you in today. Greg Tonkinson, go get the book, Unwanted Fraternity. Thank you again for listening to The Forum Show. We will talk to you again real soon. Take care.